On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I talk with Dominique Anders, and she and I get along so well. We talk about goals, we talk about habits, we even get into videos. She's got um, an amazing background of working in LA and, and, and in that environment um, and really understanding all these different aspects. So it's a really awesome conversation. You're going to love this. If you ever had like worry about video, that's definitely a good part that's, that comes on later in the episode, um, but also how we set our goals. She has a unique um, kind of opinion on how we can set our goals to set us up for success. So you're really going to like this episode. So let's just dive in. But first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Bonatotibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. I am so excited bringing on some another amazing guest and this particular individual, me and her have tons of similarities. So I'm so excited to see what we get into today. So I will pass it over to her. Dominique, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do and, and who you serve. Awesome. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for having me. I am Dom Anders, Dominique. Uh, I am a business coach now. Previously, I was a TV producer and director for oh my God, almost 20 years in Hollywood. Um, and now I help creative professionals, entrepreneurs really focus and follow through on their goals. People that have a ton of ideas, but they get super distracted and they feel like they're constantly spinning their wheels. Uh, and that's where I come in to help. And then I also bring my background in television and video production to help them really connect with their audience using live video. And those are two of like my biggest passions and I could probably talk your ear off like all day about those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt that for one second that, that we could talk all day about this. And, you know, one of the things that you brought up, I think it's a great place to start is just like goal setting because that could be so, it can be a difficult, uh, you know, struggle for so many people. I mean, one, just like setting goals. Do I do small goals? Do I do big goals? So um, I would love to kind of hear your opinions and advice on, you know, how to set effective goals. Yeah, absolutely. So my biggest, so my biggest advice is to start with that huge, ridiculous, like embarrassing goal, like the goal that you're kind of afraid to tell people because you think that they're going to roll their eyes at you and be like, oh yeah, whatever, Dom, like, okay. Like that's where I always like to tell people to start is what is, what do you want to do? And then how can you make it like 10 times more ridiculous? Because even if you don't hit that crazy, ridiculous goal, if you've set that bar so high, you're always going to go closer to it than if you set like a lower goal, like a lower bar. And so I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in think of like the craziest thing you can do that you want to do and go for that because you're always going to go further than you thought you would if you set a lower goal for yourself. And then I'm a big fan of then sort of backtracking. So you have your big crazy goal and then backtrack a little bit. And like, what are the small milestone goals that you need to hit in order to get there? Because one thing that I think people get really discouraged about is, okay, I set this crazy big goal. And then they get really overwhelmed and they're like, they think that they have to go from where they're at now to that big goal like that. And in order to get there, they have to do something huge when really all it is, is tiny little baby steps along the way. Right. And that's like, it's the secret, but it's really not a secret. 
but people get so caught up in that. And so those are the two things is like set that big, huge goal and then set like tiny baby goals along the way. <laughs> That's such a, a, an important aspect. And I feel like often people are either like teaching like one or the other. And I feel like that that's such an important aspect. It's like set this big, massive goal, but you still want to have goals that are achievable in the near future. So you're can keep the fuel alive. So you keep that spinning. Now uh, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I would love yeah. to know your like big, ridiculous, Ooh. massive goal. Yeah, you did put me on the spot. Okay. <laughs> um, my big, huge, massive goal. Well, it would probably be to put on an event like our buddy, James Wedmore. Um, Nick and I, we met at BB Live, which is Business by Design Live in Newport Beach, I think it was, 20, last year, 2019. Um, yeah, Irvine. Yeah, Irvine. Yes, Irvine. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I love that event, but I love that event. Like I love events in general. I love meeting people in person. But what I loved more about that event was two things. The first one was the, the people that we met, you, a lot of the other people that I met, everybody was so weirdly invested in each other's successes. Like there was no competition. Like you and I were, you were just talking, like we do similar things, but we see that we can fuel off, like, you know, fuel each other and, and kind of help each other out. And I love that. I found that that was the type of person that was at that event. So definitely I'd want to do an event that has that type of vibe of people. And then the second one is it wasn't, an event where you just go and listen to a bunch of stuff and take notes and leave. It was an event where like you go and you actually like work through whatever you're working through in your business. Um, he did something interesting where he had a bunch of different sort of pods of topics and whatever you're struggling with or wanted to learn more about, you would go to that room. But those are the two biggest things that I would love to do in my event. So my big crazy goal would be to put on a huge live event like that. And then sort of the, the tiers of that would be similarities in the type of people that I would attract and the type of things that we'd work on. We would actually work on stuff while we're there. So you can walk away with having not only learned a ton, met a bunch of people, but also have already moved further along in your path of whatever you're trying to achieve just by going to this event, as opposed to like having to go home and now be like, okay, now what do I do with that information I just took in? Um, I always like when you spend time with your audience and you're able to help them move along with something in the moment as opposed to like, okay, here's this thing and go do it on your own, you know? Right. And there were such like massive breakthroughs in, at the event. And I totally understand what you mean by the environment. Personally, I think it has to do with that you can't, it's not a public event. Um, and yeah. you can only go if you invest in business by design. That's like my theory. Oh yeah. I hadn't thought of that. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So it's like everyone there has already invested thousands of dollars to to even just be in the program. And then they've invested another potential thousands of dollars, depending on where you're traveling from to be there, hotel costs, flights. And so it's like, everyone's just like big James fans, you know, and he attracts a certain audience, like you said, that kind of just like brings in that environment. And I actually have the same, mine is actually um, a little bit, not more specific, but I guess like, I want to speak in a stadium of all people that are there for me, nice. um, where I'm talking about similar things on like how to live your best life, talking about, you know, habits, personal, you know, habits and, and just mindset of how we can 
get to that level, you know? So like I, I picture myself as a combination of James Wedmore, Tony Robbins and Brendan Burchard. Those are like the three that I'm trying to become. (laughs) That's so awesome. I love that. See stadium would scare, that scares, scares me though. I actually don't, funny enough, I don't love public speaking, even though I do it a lot. Um, It's one of those things where like, you don't love doing it. You don't love the lead up to it. Or I I should say, I don't love the lead up to it. Um, When I'm doing it, I love it. And then the feeling afterwards, you're like, that was so awesome. Like, that's what I love about it. So the actual prep part is like, and then when you do it, you're like, all right, I'm in the zone. I'm connecting with people. This is cool. But I do it for the after effect. Like, I feel so amazing after I do it. Probably similar to like when you have um, like recording artists and musicians who freak out being on stage, um, but they got to get their music out. It's like one of those things, I think. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, what's funny. So there's a lot of um, similarities in regards to like certain habits that, that correlate with that. Like I was just thinking like, for example, running, like a lot of people dread getting up and going for a run, but then like once they're done the run, they just feel so amazing. You feel so good. You feel so energized. Yeah. So it's kind of similar to that regard. Oh, totally. I remember I used to, have you ever done hot yoga? Have you done hot yoga? Um, I have not. No. <laughs> like, it's intense. I, uh, I want to say the rooms, I mean, the rooms at least like, I think it's like a hundred degrees. Um, but I've done it a few times here in LA and it is the worst experience, but afterwards it's the best. Like when you're doing it, you're just dying and sweating and gross and tired. And, and like, why am I doing this? And then you get home shower and you feel so alive. It's crazy. Like, yeah. that's why I would do it. Like in the moment it sucks, but afterwards is the payoff. <laughs> I get nervous with like hot yoga because I'm Italian. So I sweat more than the average person. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd fit right in because everybody's like grossly sweating and it's so awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I do. I like the idea of, uh, you know, again, like clearing out those, um, you know, toxins and just like the importance of, of that aspect. And I love to kind of uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, you mentioned hot yoga. So that's obviously something that, um, you know, is something you can hopefully do on a regular routine. But I would love to learn a little bit more about some of your habits that you do on a daily basis, like your morning routine and what that what that's like. Yeah, absolutely. So I get up ridiculously early. Um, like it's six thirty here. Um, I get up at five and I don't meditate. So I know that's like a big thing for a lot of people. I tried it, tried it, tried it. I love the idea of it. I can do it with an assisted app like Headspace, love Headspace, um, love Insight Timer. But what I do is I get up and before I get out of bed, I actually use this as my alarm clock. It's a Fitbit. Um, so I don't have like that annoying sound and it just sort of does like this like quiet buzz on my wrist. Um, and I just chill in bed for like five minutes and I don't think about what I have to go like and do right away. I just sort of sit and I don't even know if I'm like doing a conscious like gratitude journaling in my head, but I just sort of think about what I'm happy about. Um, sometimes like there's a window that faces, like when I wake up, the first thing I see is a window and there's a bunch of trees outside. And so sometimes I'm just sort of like zoned out, you know, checking out the birds. Um, but I just use that time for like a calming moment. 
and it's not more than five minutes because I'm really antsy. I'm the type of person that like, like I'm a morning person. I like to get up and go. So I do that for about five minutes. Then I go downstairs. I drink probably way too much coffee and I get to work right away. So I work from about, let's say 5.05 until about 6.45 in the morning. Um, and then we've got kids home with us now until who knows when. So then I'm with my kids until about seven till they go down for a nap at like one. And I really try not to work during those hours. Every once in a while, if I'm like answering an email or I'm talking to a team member, then I'm doing that fine. Um, but I actually don't work during those hours. Then they go down for a nap and I work again for like another two hours. And then I back with my kids. So it's like this bouncing back and forth, back and forth. And then I pick up work again after they go to bed around 7.30. Um, and sometimes I'm working from 7.30 to 10. Sometimes it's 7.30 to 8.30. Um, but I usually try to hit up the treadmill at least for a half an hour before I go to bed. Um, it's triple digits right now in LA. So when it's not so hot, I will go for a hike. Um, but all of our gyms are closed and like all of our workout places are closed right now. So everything's sort of at home. But so that's been my schedule this whole um, quarantine. And it's been, a, it was tough in the beginning to get acclimated to a new schedule because I've been on a totally different routine, but pretty much always is some sort of physical activity, um, some sort of chill time, even if it's only five minutes, uh, and then working in spurts. And I find that is the, the thing that most people struggle with. Definitely creative types struggle with the working in spurts because it's like they work for a few minutes and then they have to switch gears and then they work for an hour and then they have to switch gears. And there's definitely, there's science that shows that like us changing gears is not great for productivity, but sometimes that's the circumstances we're under. Um, so what a lot of people do is they just, they shelve it entirely and they're like, oh, I can't work on this because I don't have a full eight hours today. Um, and I, I think that what's benefited me is I come from sort of this, um, this environment where you're constantly switching gears. So working in television, you're working on this for five seconds and then somebody comes in and this is the new deadline. Oh, and this is the new emergency. There's always a new emergency. So I would have to bounce topics all the time. And so I think that helped me now as an entrepreneur working for myself is I'm able to do that throughout my day. And if that answered yeah. your question, it was a long drawn out answer. No, no, that's great. I love long drawn out answers. It's great. Cause we get into the nitty gritty details, which yeah. is what, what it's all about. Um, and I find it, it is, it's so interesting because we have to, we're forced to adjust. Many of us, like I don't have kids, so it's a, I, it's less of an adjustment for me, but I know a lot, of, a lot of parents have been kind of struggling, especially if you're used to working from home, then you have these kids that like now are like in the way. But again, I think that it's an important part of like adjusting and how important that is. Um, yeah. Do you find like, you know, again, how quickly were you able to kind of adjust to now, you know, having the kids and changing your schedule around? It took me a while. It actually took me like a good month, month and a half. Um, because in the beginning, I was definitely like in survival mode. Um, all of my normal outlets, I'm definitely, I'm an outdoors person. We would go to the beach at least, you know, twice a week. Um, our beaches were shut down for a little bit here. They're, they're open now, but like there was nothing to do outside to sort of exhaust them um, people that have kids know like one of the biggest goals is exhaust the kids physically. So then they sleep better and they're much more manageable and they're not cranky. Um, so we didn't have that ability. 
And so then more of my time was spent trying to engage with them every day as opposed to being able to like physically exhaust them. Um, so that made me had to sort of put work on like hold for a second. I actually took an entire month in the beginning of quarantine and I didn't take any clients. So my last client ended and then I didn't take any clients for a full month because I was like, I just need to utilize my time um, in getting back up to speed on all the sort of time that I was, I lost in the beginning of this, this whole shutdown. Um, and I wanted to make sure I wasn't like over working myself. Um, so I did that for a full month. So it, it took me a while to get back into the swing of things, oh, at least a month and a half. Yeah. And I think the beginning was a little tough too, because you there's still like the unknown. We weren't really sure where things yeah. were going to go. So you weren't like really trying to get in a routine that quick because you're still like, well, is it going to go right back to my normal routine? Yeah. I was totally like, oh, this is going to be like two, three weeks and we're done. So there's no point in like, I can power through, you know, for this short amount of time, but no, it's almost, it is August. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? This time. Yeah. It's just like, yeah flying by it's going um, so slow but so fast at the same time <laughs> yeah um one thing i wanted to kind of elaborate on too is like you mentioned kind of like working in spurts and i find that such an interesting aspect because um you know brendan bashar talks about like working in 50 minute um you know segments um and obviously that yours is a little little different and I'm, i guess i'm curious too in that regard to how you've been able to work in spurts, but also like what you're doing before quarantine in like, were you working in somewhat spurts then also? I'm just kind of kind of curious to elaborate on yeah. that a little more. So pre-quarantine, I was working in, we'll say longer spurts. <laughs> um, I was able to work maybe like three or four hours here, three or four hours there. Ideally, that's my sweet spot. Like that's where my you know, I'm sitting down long enough focused where like my create my creativity kicks in. Um, and then right about the time that like I'm tapped out creatively is when I'd have to go pick up my daughter or something like that. So that was helpful. Um, and then what started, you know, having to be these smaller spurts, um, was a little bit more difficult to, cause you know, like, like if I'm writing content for something, I sit down and it takes like maybe 15, 20 minutes to get in the zone. Well, if you only have 60 minutes, that's tough. Um, so one of the things that I do is, because I also can be forgetful, is I write everything down. And this might seem annoying and overkill for some people, but I swear to you it helps, is before I, definitely before I leave my desk for the night um, and before I finish any you know, big project I'm working on, sometimes it's even if I'm doing an email series, I write myself a note at the very end of where I'm working, of where I left off and what needs to get done next. Because what was happening was I was doing the same work twice so many times because I'd, I'd start something, I'd write an email sequence or I'd do some sort of content creation thing and I'd work on it and then I'd go, I'd be like, let's say it's a Friday, I'd go for the weekend, do my thing, come back Wednesday and be like, okay, where was I? And I'd start doing the whole thing over because I didn't remember where I left off. And so when I started taking notes and leaving little notes for myself of what needs to happen next, where I stopped, that changed everything. I found that I was so much more productive because there was no, okay, let me go back and see, you know, what, where I left off, what, what needs to get done thing. That saved me a lot of time and headache of having to do things twice. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's like one of the most powerful. I do something similar where um, basically like planning out my day the night before. So it's like you finish yeah. your work and then you're like, okay, what am I doing tomorrow? Writing down all the different tasks that you have, things that you want to get done. And then when you wake up the next day, it's not like, what am I doing? You Because it's best in your mind the day that you're we're actually working on it versus trying to plan your day the the morning of. I've always been a bigger fan of like doing it the night before. Yeah. And Nick, you would not believe how many people don't do this, but then struggle with, they wake up in the morning, they sit at their computer and they're like, okay, now what? And they get distracted with dishes in the sink. Oh, I'm going to check out this thing on Netflix. And then nothing gets done all because they just didn't know what to do, which this would solve everyone's problem. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's so simple. And now kind of to go back to this kind of ties in, but like to what we were talking about with your goals, do you have like a focal point that you like bring up your goals each day or do you have your goals written somewhere that helps you to stay on track of your goals each day? That's a really good question. I do. I actually don't. Um, my goals are, you know, right up here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my big goals are definitely up here. My smaller goals, I do write down. Um, my yearly goals get written down in this really nerdy spreadsheet um, that sort of backs out each month. So like, come, I usually do it for about six months at a time, but like, you know, come January, I know what I'm doing in January all the way up until July. Um, and then I back, I break it down in terms of what I'm focused on each month in order to hit that goal. And the only reason I do that, um, and I think, I think everyone should do something like that. So, so they know, you know, so they can keep on track, but I used to travel a lot pre kids. I used to travel a lot. Um, and so I would never know what city I was going to be in. And it, I needed that stability of knowing, okay, I may not know what city I'm in, but I know what I'm working on and what I need to be doing, you know, two months out, three months out of this launch or something like that. And that gave me the um, sort of be like, be able to hold all that in my head because I was, I was finding that the constant moving around physically and being on the road was really stressing me out. Cause I felt like I needed to be in one spot in order to hit my goals. Well, that's not the case. I just needed to know what I needed to be working on at any given time, no matter where I was physically in the world. Gotcha. And what's this like uh, nerdy spreadsheet look like? Oh, it's like basically, so there's the big one that's like got from, you know, January, February, every month and what I'm focused on. And then what I'm focused, it's a, it's under like an Excel spreadsheet and then what I'm focused on. And then also the things I need to do each month to get there. Um, and then it also tracks um, like, so I have two courses and then I have one-on-one -on -one work and that's really the only the only way that like, there's no group coaching or anything like that. Those are the, the two ways that people work with me courses or one-on-one. -on -one. And so each of those I break down. Okay. So I have a monthly and a yearly goal set of how much, um, you know, I want to make finance wise. So then I break down under each month, not only what I'm doing, but then how many, you know, seats in a course or how many one-on-one -on -one you know, do I need to be doing in order to meet my financial goals? So it's all sort of, when I look at it, I can see what I need to be working on and then how the money's coming in for those things all in one spot. Gotcha. So are your goals, 
Yeah. Wait, say that again. Is it is nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is it mostly focused on like revenue goals? Is that a big focal point for your goals? That's yeah. So that's mainly focused on revenue goals. And then the, the big sort of fun goals, those are the ones that I just sort of keep in the back of my mind and they are, they morph as I go. Like, um, last year I did a, oh my God, no, it was this year. See, that's how crazy it is. It was this year in March, right before a shutdown, I did a talk in Palm Springs about using live video in your business. And that was, if you would have asked me, you know, six months, maybe, maybe like eight months prior, was I going to do that? No, I had no idea that I wanted to do that, that I was going to do that. So those are sort of like just the big goals that I have in my head, like, oh, talk, you know, speak at this conference or, or whatnot. And then an opportunity pops up and I just take it. Um, but those I don't sort of write down. I just sort of, I'm, I guess I would say I just sort of like move in the direction of them as opportunities come up. Um, that's a little bit more fluid and less planned out. Cause I do tend to be a pretty scheduled person. I'm known among my friends. Like if you call me to have coffee today, I'm never going to come because like you, you had to call me like last week to plan for today. I'm just very scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you, I'm curious what you use for your schedule. You mentioned writing stuff down. Do you use anything digital or is it mainly like? Written? So yes. Um, I've flip flopped back and forth over the years. Um, I love, I love Trello. I love Asana, but you know what I use the most for notes and ideas is just Google docs and the notes app in my phone, um, my Google calendar. And then I'm a big fan of this app. So this, or this planner, it's the passion planner. Um, I've tried to do all digital. And what I was finding was that I need to get off the computer and the phone. Like I'm on my computer all day. I'm on my phone all day. I just needed to like pen to paper, write stuff down. So I'm kind of a combo between the passion planner, um, my Google calendar, and then the notes app. I use Trello for um, sort of whiteboarding. Like if I'm, if I'm mapping out a course or something, I use Trello because it's got like note cards that you can kind of move around. And then Asana just happens. I don't know why it just became the, platform for when I'm working with entre other entrepreneurs or I'm working with my virtual assistant or something is that sort of our go-between. So I don't use just one. Um, I've tried that, but nothing had like everything I needed in one space. So. Yeah. It's one of those things. I don't know if there ever will be unless you were to create something for your own. Cause we all yeah. have our own little, you know, quirks and things that we like to do. You know, I've tried a couple different planners and and just some just yeah it just doesn't they have one thing that you love or two things that you love but it's missing this one other thing over here yeah yeah like i don't know if you've ever done or looked at like the high performance planner with ben and bouchard it's just like a little much for me and i'm like well i already have like part of my morning routine where i do some journaling and it like kind of has that tied in a little bit so i could see how yeah. other people may like it but it's also like really big too and i'm just like yeah. not a fan of of big Big yeah, journals. Well, and that's the thing too, is like, this thing is huge. It's the size of my head. Um, I also, depends on where I am in my life. So when I traveled a lot, I would never bring that because it was just, I couldn't afford to bring another book or something and have to carry that around. It was so heavy. So that that's when I like was living in just the digital world and everything was online. Um, and then now that I don't travel as much and I can have 
like a desk that stays. And I always go back to that's when I brought the planner back in. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, I wish I could find just an all in one, but maybe we're just going to have to make it. <laughs> I know. I, I've, I've had that thought so many times of yeah. like, cause I, I'm developing a program right now that's like focused on like creating a morning routine and like journaling and what you should be doing each day. Yeah. Um, and so like, I'm like, ah, oh, maybe this is something to create, you know, because again, people like you find what works for you and I'm obsessed with this. So it's kind of a culmination that I've taken the things that I like from other people that have taught it and kind mm -hmm. of just made it my own, which again, is kind of a big part of the show is kind of like giving the listeners, you know, a lot of different ideas and what different people are doing and how there's a lot of similarities among all my guests. There's like so many similarities, but everyone's got like different variations of yeah. the same thing, uh, which I find fascinating. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. And so, um, you mentioned like your schedule and I think that that's such an important aspect. Um, and I kind of wanted to shift gears a little bit and kind of dive into your background a little bit, um, in the TV world and yeah. kind of like, cause you've kind of touched on it briefly. Um, and I don't know that much about it. So I'd kind of love to learn a little bit more about like that background and how, you know, that experience was for you. Oh yeah. So I'm totally a film nerd at heart. Um, when I was younger, I wanted to get into music videos. By the time I was old enough to start going to college and all that, music videos were dead. So I was like, all right, I'm still going to do television or film. I don't know what. So I went to film school, went to, moved to LA from Chicago. Um, and at the time, reality TV was really big. And I hated reality TV. I thought it was going to be like gone in a few years. And we'd go back to like, nobody would want to watch random people on television. The joke was on me because I built a whole career in reality TV. <laughs> I came to LA and the writer's strike was going on. So there were no jobs in like movies and scripted television. It was only reality TV. So I got in, worked my way up and realized I really liked it. Um, because it's a smaller budgeted, smaller production than like a big feature film, that meant you had more creative control, which I really loved. Uh, so I worked my way up as from production assistant, which is at the very bottom, um, to uh, field producer, director, writer, and then eventually I was um, co-executive producing shows. So basically I'm like, there's the executive producer and then I'm the right-hand person. Um, and I loved, loved, loved it. The hours are insane. You often work, um, like you can pretty much average like a 16 hour work day when you're on a show. And the thing about production is like, it's gig related. So it's, or it's like, it's gig format. So you're working on a gig or a show for maybe two weeks, maybe two months, maybe two years. There's just never, like you never know if the network is going to pick up the show again. And maybe you'll go on summer hiatus and take a break. Maybe you won't. Maybe they want all the episodes up front. So you really do have to give up a big portion of your life when you do um, TV in the role that I was in. There's tons of people that, you know, have a family and they have kids and they have much more of a, a normal schedule. Um, but I was in the role of um, really running the shows at this, at this point in my career. And then also traveling a ton, which I loved. I, I mean, I traveled all over the country internationally on my company, you know, like the company's dime. So I wasn't paying for my traveling to get to see the world, which is really cool. Um, but the hours were insane. And it taught me a ton on 
different personalities because I was, I was sort of working with this hybrid of personality types. So you always have a host, right? So you have your talent who is um, a well-seasoned person. Maybe they're a famous actor. Maybe they're just like, they just host television shows or whatnot. And then I'm also working because it's reality TV. I'm working with people who've never been on camera before. So a lot of times they're super nervous. You know, they talk really quiet. They don't like, they look down, like all these things that made me really have to pay attention and focus because my goal is because I'm also writing it and I'm in post-production with it. I'm going to have to look at these people on a screen and make them look like they belong on television in the sense of they're speaking up and they're energetic, um, make them make other people want to watch them. Um, and so that was probably the coolest lesson was learning how other people operate, especially when they're afraid. And then also how to communicate what I need from them. So it was a lot of good lessons. Um, and I did that for, almost 20 years. I still, every once in a while, like my goal is to do no more than one show a year for just a few weeks um, because the hours are so crazy and I don't want to travel anymore with little kids. Um, so that's my goal now is just to do a few projects every few cool. years. So you're yeah. still doing it. That's awesome. Every, like I did a show for Netflix. It was, um, it aired this year. It's called can't I remember it? hundred humans. It was a, it was like a, I don't know if it, we'd call it a game show, but it was kind of like a game show. We took a hundred human beings and did physical and psychological tests on them. Um, and it was fun. It was like an upbeat, fun show. Um, but that was like the background of it. It was the dead of summer. It was triple digit heat in the San Fernando Valley here in Los Angeles. I was super pregnant and I was pregnant with my second kid. And we were outside from 7 a.m. to 8 or 9 p.m. every day. So it was brutal. <laughs> and so that's why, like, there's no glamour in television and film, even though that's what the end result always looks like. It's so, it's so crazy. <laughs> right. That's wild. Uh, yeah. I yeah. remember you talking about that show. I got to oh, yeah. yeah. check that out. I'll make sure to put that in the show <laughs> notes, too. Um, I'm curious, you know, somebody who... Um, in, in your experience, you know, you've been working behind the scenes so long and I kind of had to have a similar experience too, where you're like working behind the camera, you're doing the editing. So like, what was it like for you to add when, you know, started your own business to now shift and be in front of the camera? Had you, had you had any experience in front of the camera prior? Oh my God, Nick, no. And I hated it so much. Um, I so, I love to be behind the camera um, because behind the camera, you can kind of be this like puppet master. You can create everything that you want. You can critique, you can tweak. And then when you're the person in front of the camera, um, I found that while all of my experience had helped me a little bit, it definitely made me more um, critical of myself. And that was a struggle because as I'd be talking to people or as I'd be on camera filming, I would mentally be correcting things. And then it would trip me up. And then on top of that, um, and this is something I just had to get over with in the back of my head, I was like, oh my gosh, all the directors and producers I work with are totally going to rip this apart when they see it. Cause they're gonna be like, Dom knows better. She shouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z, or that lighting is terrible. She knows she should put this light over here and this light over here. So as much as people might think like, oh, that probably helped you. It really hindered me a lot because it made me very self-conscious that oh, I can't put a video out that isn't perfect because that's what I do for a living. 
So it was really, it, I think it hurt me more than it helped me. Definitely in the confidence area. And then also in the technical area of like wanting things to be perfect and look perfect when in the reality, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's such a great, great lesson, you know, like just make video. And I had, I had a similar kind of thing come up for me too. when I was creating my video course was, I was like, well, this is a video course. Like it's got to look really good. It's a video course, you know? Right. But at the end of the day, like I could have filmed it on my iPhone and just been like moving all over the place. Cause at the end of the day, it's just the content that really matters, you know? Yes. Yeah. And there's, there's definitely, um, in any, like anybody who does, who teaches what they do, right? So we're teaching what we do. They're going to have the same issue of, oh gosh, like if I'm a copywriter, my copy better be on point of what I'm teaching. And there's that whole like practice what you preach comes on in the back of our head all the time. But we're also allowed to make mistakes. You know, everybody's allowed to make mistakes and you learn from them and you move on. And I think that's the biggest thing is if you let the need for perfection prevent you from doing anything, well, then you lose, right? Because then, and everybody else loses because they don't get to experience your expertise in that area. Absolutely. Yeah. Just because you're teaching something doesn't mean you have to be like the absolute best, amazing student in order to be able to teach it. You know, the the value is still there. Um, This is like so critical and awesome that we're talking about this because, you know, if you're thinking about doing video, it's like, come on, this is, you know, this is such a huge aspect of just, just go and teach, you know? Yeah. I wish people would, would, let go of that, that need for perfection. Um, but the only way I find to, to be able to do that is to by doing, to be like doing the thing that you're afraid to do and that you think needs to be perfect. You just have to keep doing it. And eventually when, even when you do make a mistake, you're like, eh, whatever. And you move on. Yeah. And there's, again, that's so many underlying uh, messages that not even just video, just anything like having that need for perfectionism. And if you want it to be better, you have to put out something worse you know that's like the biggest thing yeah totally (laughs) love it awesome as we um as we wind down down here um i have one question i'd love to ask and do you have any uh books specifically that like just totally dramatically change that you're like wow this um this book you just like recommend it to everyone oh okay can i do two sure First one is, and you probably know this one, is Atomic Habits um, by James Clear. Um, That one really speaks to how powerful habits are. Um, And then the second one, and I tell this one to everybody, it's You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. That one I felt like could relate to everybody who feels insecure about needing to show up perfect. and I, re- I refer back to those two books all the time in my own coaching, in my own business with my clients. And I always refer people to those two books. Love it. Yeah. Um, Atomic Habits is probably, I'm going to say number two, the number two book that I recommend um, more than anything else. It's like, to me, it's, it's just a game changer. It's so, so good. good. Wait, what's your number one? Um, I, I haven't re-listened to this in a while. But to me, it was like so absolutely ridiculous is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Oh, got to write that down. I've never heard of it. Oh, right. Yeah. He's a, he's a Marine um, and he just has the craziest life. Um, 
I recommend that you get the audio because it's like 19 hours. Um, <laughs> because he does like, re- he has somebody read the audio book for him who also helped write the book with him. And then, so in between chapters, they like talk about the chapter. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you get like so much more value into the audiobook. And it just like makes you just appreciate like just working harder, being tougher. Like, and it, there's a physical aspect too of it too. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, it will fire you up from like a physical standpoint. Just like, you know, it's called can't hurt me. It's like, yeah. Know, if this guy can go through what he's gone through, like you better step your game up, you know, cause <laughs> he's just had the craziest childhood and background of, of everything he's, he's been through. So it's, it's so valuable. Oh, awesome. I want to check that out. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. That's like, really, I, I always make this joke and the listeners are probably getting bored of it, but the book recommendation is usually just for me because I like to get more books. But I will say, so when you get repeat books from other people, then that's like a good sign that you probably check that book out. So that's something yes. that, that I've done. Um, I had, uh, I think it was Mike and Emmy, um, two guests that I previously that both, both recommended um, the success principles by Jack Canfield. Okay. Um, and I finished that recently and absolutely loved it. So it was like one of those things, like when you hear a book and so, and you mentioned, um, you are a badass. So that's been recommended a few times and I have not read that. So I've seen it so many times I've heard other people recommend it. So now I think it's time to, to, to bump it up to, to the next, uh, you know, (laughs) audible or you know physical book that i need to need to buy because when i hear something multiple times that's usually a sign that i need to make it happen (laughs) we're telling you nick you need to do this yeah exactly exactly um and this was awesome so thank you so much for you know being here with me today so the last thing is what's the best way for somebody to you know get in touch with you follow you oh i'm i'm dom anders everywhere so i'm www.domanders.com and same thing on Instagram. Either one, you can DM me, send me a message on my website. Um, I'm pretty much on all the platforms as Dom Anders. I love it. Awesome. So check her out and thank you so much everyone for being here. I appreciate it. So many uh, golden nuggets here. I mean, we're setting goals or getting, you know, getting rid of that perfectionism. I love it. So um, thank you again. Um, thank you for listening and remember, Let's keep growing together. Wait, wait, one more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.